Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, we close the story on the book of Boba Fett. Mystery and murder with a death on the Nile. And do we have enough money to buy the Lord of the Rings? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give all of our shows a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day. I mentioned Lakers Fast Break, and we just did a two-and-a-half-hour NBA trade deadline special, so you got to check that out. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, I just recorded with Dominic and Chris Sardieri from the Domination Sports Nation, our Super Bowl special, our annual one that we do every single year. So there's some great things to go ahead and cover there. So check that out. Plus Game Source, where we dropped a whole ton of video game news as well on Facebook. Plus PopCultureCosmos.com. And of course, the great show Vampires and Vitae. V, baby, V, 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 V. Plus all the things that we do because we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. And then if you can do anything to support us on all of these ventures that we do, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She is the mastermind behind many of these tabletop RPG streams that we do. Plus she does so much more, including the Barbarian Galore on our Monday game, The Demolition Force. My gosh, don't get a door near her or she'll crash it down. She is the awesome individual indeed that covers so much when it comes to pop culture and tabletop RPGs. She is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. And Melinda, great to have you back in the hot seat. Uh huh. Being tortured by me over pop culture <laughs> one more time. Yes. And by the way, I do want to mention that Maddie does have a key that opens every single door she's ever come across. That doesn't matter, does it? Nope. Just me. Here's my great axe. I see there's a door over there. Do you want me to take she care of that? Use it? I thought you said she just runs it down with all of its strength. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that too. She is the strongest one in our party. And one of the smartest. No, no, not mine. Mine just likes his hair. <laughs> but we've got a great show lined up. We just talked about last week how busy it is. This week we had a great show on Monday and we still have a ton of news to go ahead and cover on this week's show. My gosh, the pop culture is coming at us left and right. Watch out, Melinda. The pop culture is going to get you because there it is. We got a whole bunch to talk about, including our snubs and surprises for the Oscars because the Oscar nominations came out earlier this week. We have an entire list on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, so check that out. But we're going to talk about which things surprised us and which were snubbed for the Oscars this year. Plus also as well, we will be going into spoilers. I know I don't all mention that every single week, but we go into spoilers I got for it. The Book of Boba Fett, our thoughts on the season and the final episode, a climactic conclusion. Did Boba Fett gain control 
of the Tatooine underworld. We'll find out coming up here in a bit. Plus also as well, Peacemaker, Christopher Smith, a.k.a. Peacemaker, a.k.a. John Cena, (laughs) has the battle of his life against his own father, Mm. the White Dragon. So I'll tell you what happens there as they head into the final episode next week. We'll talk about that coming up in a bit. Plus also as well, we've got a lot of things to talk about, including this weekend at the box office. It is Death on the Nile. Is it a bunch of murder on the way with Gal Gadot and so many different stars that are on this star-laden movie? So we'll go ahead and talk about that coming up here in a bit. Plus also as well, we have some news on Hulu and Disney Plus and something Belinda was very excited when it comes to something coming to Hulu. But we'll spoil it later on something that is going to be very special for a lot of fans out there as a return of a much-beloved show comes to Hulu. We'll talk about that and a start date for Obi-Wan as well coming up on the show. Yep, 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 indeed. Nintendo Direct had its latest news, including a sequel to the most popular video game of all time. What am I talking about? Nintendo said it. And I'll let you know what that is coming up later in the program. Plus, also as well, Xbox is changing its tune on exclusivity with some of its Activision Blizzard titles. Does this make Melinda happy or could it? We'll go ahead and ponder that later on the episode. I already know. I set her up for that one for the past couple of days. But... Oh, man. I have done everything I can to avoid reading anything about it. So everything you're telling me is completely fresh. So we'll go ahead and talk about that coming up. And also as well, the Lord of the Rings. Do, 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 do. The rights from the J.R.R. Tolkien estate are now for sale. Do we have enough money to buy it? And what exactly are you buying? We'll go ahead and talk about that on the back end of the show as well. So really good show, although we won't be playing Wordle this time around. There's no live game of Wordle. I mean, that was a really great episode because not only did we cover everything on that show, so yeah. much to cover, we also actually finished and won a game of Wordle. I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud I know. of us. I'm proud of us too. That was actually one of our best shows ever as far as on the Pop Culture Cosmo channel. If you get a chance, check out last week's PCC Multiverse. But for right now, I want to go ahead and mention that we've got TJ Johnson coming up on the Monday show. He was here on the previous Monday show, but he's also going to be talking with Super Bowl ads, which you can find right now, some of them already. We've got actually links to them at the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. Also as well, trailers for some of the Super Bowl ads for some of the movies that are coming out. I know Jurassic Park Dominion, that just dropped. We have a link for that. There's also as well, The Lost City and more. So go ahead and check out those trailers that are available right now at the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But first up is the surprises and snubs for the Oscars. For me, I think the biggest snub, I know I want to say you 2 I know I want to say Sparks. Both of them got snubbed for their respective Sing To and Annette songs. I was really disheartened about that. You know, they were on the short list. They were announced, but they were not. I didn't think they had a chance against some of the heavyweights that were there, that, that those type of songs that always seem to get picked. So I really wasn't too surprised on that. The major surprise for me was in the best picture category. Okay. With... Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Isn't that every movie that came out this year? No, seemingly it is, but they expanded. Remember about three or four, five years ago, they expanded to 10 to give an opportunity for smaller or even sometimes box office blockbusters that don't normally get the kind of love from the Academy that okay, we nominated you for Best Picture. Are we good now? Stuff like that. So I will say that in the Best Picture category, Dune was not the surprise that it wasn't that's there. It's my favorite picture of the year. I still think it's the Best Picture 2021. The surprise is the director, Denis Villeneuve, didn't get nominated for a director. I thought that was a shock because that tells me that the Academy may not think as highly of Dune as a lot of other people, I think Dune going into the nominations was the number two. If you're coming out of Vegas, it was actually number two on the list as far as favorites are concerned behind Power of the Dog. And I think that it is the best movie in my opinion, but 
Oh, well, what can you say? I mean, Denis Villeneuve, I think at some point in time, the Academy will appreciate his beautiful artistry on camera that he seems to create. I know the arrival, everybody seems to go ahead and seems to appreciate that one, except for if you're Josh Peterson, he just <laughs> don't get him started on that. He wrote a column on that one time, long time ago, and he's had right. said a lot to say on the, on the show about that. But right. Denis Villeneuve on Dune was simply outstanding, part one. Your thoughts on a surprise or a snub or one of each or a couple of each, whatever you want to do as far as surprise or snubs for this year's Oscar nominations. I was surprised to see Lady Gaga left off of the nomination. You and a lot of other people. Yeah, that was that was probably the one that stood out the most. But to piggyback off of what you were talking about with Dune. Ten nominations and yeah. not one of them for Denis. Right. But one of them is for cinematography. So Oh, yeah, that's a given. I mean, you might as yeah. well just hand the award over them. because. Right. Just like Blade Runner 2049, because that's what yeah. his previous one was. And that was so beautiful. And that one, I mean, you might as well just give it to him right now because there's nothing that came close. Yeah, not at all. Thrilled to see Denzel Washington and the Macbeth film that he did yes. that was done in black and white. Thrilled I'm surprised to see that I didn't get Best Picture. That yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised as well, because that seems to be the kind of stuff that the Academy really loves. That the being the Ricardos, is, because yeah. being the Ricardos got multiple nominations and that didn't get a Best Picture nom. That was kind right. of Right. Uh, it's like they love that kind of movie. The only kind of movie they, they seem to love more than the kind of movie that Denzel did this year is a war movie. Those ones seem to be pretty easy for the Academy to, to go ahead and say, yes, you've got a nomination. It was a great film. I thought Denzel... We've known for a long time that the man's got chops, but he holy got, smoke. He, he killed it. He, oh, he just did not say He just enough. destroyed the scenery in that movie. He yeah. just, yeah, so good. Anybody so who good. watches the movie just appreciate what he's doing, especially near the end. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, okay, spoilers, my gosh, for a, what, four or 500-year-old <laughs> thing that's happening. He starts to go crazy, okay? Yeah. What? And as, he, as the madness starts to seep in, his acting chops, like you said, just oh. kicking the high gear. Gosh. So he good. will forever be known as one of the greatest to ever do it. And if people want to go ahead and find out, yes, you can watch Training Day or you can watch any of the dozens of other movies that he's been in where he puts a great performance. But I hope you will consider the tragedy of Macbeth in that oh, as well, gosh. that he yeah. takes a literary piece of art yeah. that has translated so many different ways for over hundreds of years from Shakespeare's work yep. and just does a new spin on it that's really great and appreciated. Yep. So, yeah. Absolutely. He's like, oh, oh, you want me to act? Right. Just watch this. <laughs> that's why I think his son has got a charm of his own. Yeah. He, he's not following the same path as his dad, but still he has that presence on the screen. Tenet, he was the best thing in Tenet. The legacy of the Washington family will be passed on definitely from father to son because Denzel's the, one of the best to ever do it. And I think it's John David Washington will follow soon after. Yeah. Uh, he's done a great job so far. But getting into another category, I wanted, you know, I know we talked about before the show, the animated feature. I know that's something that you're excited about because you mentioned a couple right off the mat. Oh, but we, no, 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 we can't talk about Bruno. No, we can't. Yeah. So Encanto and Luca were both up. Good, good choices, yeah. yeah what was I, I know my friend at Pixar is, is probably very happy that I'm nominated sure. for an Oscar and I wish him well on that and wish the studio well. Maybe they'll win. I'm I'm hopeful for that. I think, though, that they've got some heavy competition in the Mitchell versus Machines from Sony. I really like that film. That just missed my best of pop culture. In fact, it was one of those films that I'm, I, I really felt bad after I did the show that I did not add it in because I really think it was that close. I really thought it was a well-made film. I thought it had a good storyline, good family theme, and I highly recommend Mitchell vs. the Machines. Luca and Encanto. I say Encanto. I'm, I'm just going to go Encanto on that. Uh, you know, yeah. Both are obviously very beloved out there, especially Encanto, which my daughter and I were talking about how it's found a new life on Disney+. Plus, and that's you know, obviously the success of the, of the Bruno song that has exploded since it's come on Disney plus, even though it actually was a number one movie, at the box office, it sound a bigger life on Disney yeah. plus. And we'll talk about why Disney plus is reaping the benefits of that a little bit later in the show. But yeah, I think that the animated feature is going to be very hot and heavy between those three films, but yeah, overall it's, it's a pretty good diverse nominee list. I mean, there's always some snubs and some surprises, you know, why did this one get in and why did this one get left off? But 
I think for the most part, they did a pretty good job. There's just one more that I want to talk about sure. because I appreciate and love good costume design. I wish it was a talent that I had, but I have zero when it comes to that kind of thing. But I don't know if I want the costume design in Dune to win or the costume design in Cruella to win because Ooh, my God, choice. Cruella, please. Are you kidding I me with those outfits? I think with Dune, though, it's more cinematic. It's more, yeah. uh, I, I think they had a chance to, and a bigger opportunity with the environment, the sci-fi environment to go ahead and be more broad. So they may have had a bigger advantage. So yeah. you may say that Cruella might have had a harder opportunity being it more fixed and focused in a certain time frame and realm. Yeah. You maybe give it to Cruella, but you can't go wrong either which way. The, the costumes in Dune are fantastic. And you know what? If you ever want to go into it, why don't you just practice on Rob? Throw some costumes on him. <laughs> Her husband. I, I declined to comment. <laughs> okay, fair enough indeed. But if anyone out there has any thoughts on the Oscar nominations, you, again, you can go ahead and check out our list. We have it if you just scroll down on the Facebook page for Pop Culture Cosmos. But if you have thoughts you want to share with us about any snubs or surprises or any hopes that you have for the Oscars as far as nominees or who you think might win in a certain category or categories, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. So let me get this straight. We're going to play a like a video game together? or Well, not exactly. Okay, fine. W where's the controller? Uh, that's it's, it's right here. This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you... Here, you're going to need these two. Dice? You've just had... Are these even dice? We are going to play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be? Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh, my friend, you have no idea. There's an Osferatu, there's Nosferatu. Vampires and Vitae, an actual play podcast. Season two to Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, my friend, there's so much more to talk about on today's program. What's coming up this weekend at the box office? Because it looks like right now it's going to be a win for Death on the Nile, which I think a lot of people are interested in. And with things kind of clearing up on the mask front, as far as in several areas around the country in the U.S. and also around the world, people are getting a little bit more at ease of going to places like the movie theaters. So I want to hear your thoughts on Death and Nile. The reason why is this movie was very successful, the predecessor to this. This is the second in the series featuring Kenneth Branagh in the role as Hercule Poirot, the first movie that they did with him was pretty good but really it did well worldwide at the box office i'm not sure we're going to see the same kind of success again because i think people are slowly going back to the theaters over the next few weeks yeah but i think that this could be the first real mid-tier movie i mean jackass forever you could probably say fits in that category and that scored a, a nice success but this could be the first mid-tier movie a movie that last year and the year before would not have done very well at all out in the box office that could find some success. Yeah, I hope so. I'm one of those people who's incredibly intrigued by the movie. There's a lot of really pretty people in it, that's for sure. So even if the movie is bad, perhaps just the eye candy and turn it into a popcorn film. Why not? Absolutely. I think it's something, again, that's going to be Hopefully, there's a lot of expectations on it. Again, this to me is not a blockbuster. This to me is right. not a AAA, but it's something they're close because the first movie that starred Kenneth Branagh as a direct sequel, The Murder of the Orange Express, that one really did good, really did well. It was that period of time where we saw Nice Out also do well, and that's coming out later this year with its sequel to Netflix oh, and also theaters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, taught, they showed that on that showcase for Netflix, but... When it comes to Death on the Nile, I'm hoping for good things. I mean, it is going to be out there just before the Valentine's Day holiday and then also what comes up next week with Uncharted and other movies that are come out. So, yeah, I think this is going to do well. Gal Gadot is getting a lot of praise for her performance as the victim, per se. Like you said, with such a star-studded cast, I think this is something that a lot of people are going to take notice to. I mean, you have Russell Brand on here. You have, again, Gal Gadot. 
you have the very controversial Army Hammer, who filmed this before all the controversy went down. You have Letitia Wright. Of course, you have Kenneth Branagh. Again, this is something that's got a lot of stars in it, a lot of interests, and I think it's going to do well, again, at the box office. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, but what are your thoughts out there on Death on the Nile? Are you going to be dying to see this movie? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Peacemaker. (laughs) And we're getting into spoilers now for Peacemaker and, and the Book of Boba Fett. So before we go and head to the break... I want to go ahead and cover the Book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker. May not cover Book of Boba Fett uh, until after the break. We'll see, because that's going to take a while, because that's also a season review. So Peacemaker, Episode 7, something very interesting, just a spoiler out there, that, again, it's leading down to the team that Peacemaker is a part of, is battling against two battles. One against his father and the white supremacists that are following him as the white dragon. And it's coming down to where the white dragon wanted to kill his son because it's that family type of show, I guess. But then also the other one is the team is going to be heading off against the butterflies, the aliens that take over the bodies of humans. And that is a impending impending matchup. So which one did they go ahead and focus on first? Well, it was the smaller battle between father versus son. They're going to focus on the final episode of the season as far as the aliens are concerned next week. So for this week, it was father versus son with a whole bunch of white supremacists right there caught in the middle. And uh, at the end, the white supremacists all died. And the battle between father and son, and even though he was very choked up about it, it came to the point where you knew inevitably that he would have to make the final decision whether or not to kill off his dad. And yeah, uh, Robert Patrick was killed off as white dragon by peacemaker. So I just want to say, Melinda, I know this is a series that's been hard for a lot of people to watch. A lot of people who've stuck through it have really enjoyed it. I think the series has gotten better over the past two, three weeks. So I know you'll probably never get back into it, but when you see these type of series that have these kind of decisions between family members that having to make those tough choices, how involved or emotional does that make you get? Well, I mean, it, it depends on the situation and how dastardly the family member is. And that guy was pretty dastardly. I mean, I don't yes. think you get much worse, to be honest. So I wasn't real choked up about it. And nor um, was I, that's for sure. Yeah, but, you know, as you said, I I will probably give the show another chance. But I'm, yeah, I've said it a lot. I struggle with it. And maybe once it's out and, and you know, we've talked about every episode on the show, perhaps knowing that it continues to get better and, and you know, if you forgive this, then this is going to improve. So stay with it, that kind of stuff it may become something that I managed to binge watch over a couple of days or something like that. Maybe it's getting a lot better ratings than Boba Fett overall, as far as yeah. critics are concerned, which kind of uh, well, actually doesn't befuddle me at all because book of Boba Fett has been something we've obviously talked at length about, but yes, yeah. right now it is peacemaker episode seven. Uh, okay. Episode again, it was dealing with the smaller battle between father and son, which ultimately the son won. And now the crew that the small crew that, again, Peacemaker is part of is going to face off against a larger battle against the butterfly aliens. That will be on next week's episode as they close out that season. So I'll go ahead and give my final season thoughts, season one thoughts on next week's PTC multiverse from there. But if you have thoughts on Peacemaker episode seven, let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sneak it in. I'm going to sneak in the Book of Boba Fett before we go it. ahead. It is Book of Boba Fett, Episode 7. This is Season 1 ending episode for the Book of Sloba Fett, the Book of Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, whatever you want to call it. And it did culminate in that, I'm going to say, like, everything was tied up like a neat little bow. Everything that was loose, that was out there during the course of the season, whether it was on the Mandalorian episodes or whether it was on the Book of Boba Fett episodes that were sprinkled throughout the season, everything is, it seemed to be tied up very neatly. I'll give them that. Yeah. Did it surprise me? Not in the least, because everything that we thought would happen, whether it was the Cad Bane versus Boba Fett showdown, I told, talked about that. That seemed like 100 miles away. You could see what was going on there. 
and you knew that Boba Fett was going to come out on top of a duel on that, winning over the Syndicate and winning over the rights to Tatooine, you know that Boba right. Fett was eventually going to come out on top. The battle through it, you know he was going to use the Rancor at some point in time. You don't introduce a Rancor early on in the series without using him at some point in time. So you got to use the Rancor and got to ride the Rancor, as you mentioned earlier in the season. He avenged the deaths of the Tusken Raiders. Ming-Na Wen killed it again as Fennec Shand as she went on her own mission to go ahead and kill the enemies of the Pike Syndicate. Yes. Uh, yes, that did a great job there and killed off Robert Rodriguez as the mayor. So, yes, did a great, you know, just very, she showed off very well. The Mandalorian, it gives you an idea of what him and Baby Yoda, who, again, made the decision, surprise, surprise, to continue the series and chose the armor over the lightsaber. Yeah, what a surprise there. Continue the series or not continue the series? Well, you know what? I will go ahead and say that it was no surprise. He did keep the armor. He did come back and meet up with Mandalorian at exactly the wrong time or for story purposes at the right time and helped save the day and also save the Rancor from destroying the city after it destroyed a couple mech robots. But, you know, everything was seen to be tied up, including Marshall Cobb Vance, who was thought to be dead or believed to be dead they left him for a post credit scene to be coming back someday because he's getting some uh, upgrades mechanical upgrades plus also a bantha tank he's getting healed up on that so he'll be coming back at some point to the world of mandalorian but i've said my piece and before i say my final thoughts on the series as a whole because everything tied up in a nice tidy little bow your thoughts on episode seven and the series the book of boba fett not so much specifically on the episode, but on the series. And I'm going to ask a question, and I don't, I don't want to upset anyone, but here's my perspective as someone who is not a diehard Star Wars fan. If you have a character who is shrouded in mystery and who managed to capture the imagination of so many people, didn't have hardly any lines, really, in any of the movies... And then you give them a series and it's disappointing. Yeah. You haven't done the character justice. So what was the point of the series? I think the point of the series was just to give us more Mandalorian and to give us a little bit to chew on it leading up to, I don't, I just. Well, it was more than just a little bit to chew on. That's the problem. There were whole episodes yeah. devoted to the Mandalorian that took away everything and all the momentum right. for the Book of Boba Fett. Absolutely. I think what, I, what I'm trying to get at is, have they taken something away from the character of Boba Fett by giving him a, like a, a series? Did they take something away from the mystery that kind of shrouded the, you know, this amazing bounty hunter who stood at the side of Jabba the Hutt? Like, it, it, was he, was it necessary? There, that's the point I'm trying to get to. Was it necessary that we had to explore this character? Should he not have remained a little bit of a mystery? I agree, because I think, that, again, any buzz that he had or any coolness factor that he had over the years because of the fact he was always under the helmet or... Right. He's just, you know, in scene stealing moments where he didn't have to go ahead and dominate the story. Right. When he became the story, it was much less interesting. And a lot of people tuned out right after the first 10 minutes of the first episode, and they didn't yeah. tune back in until they found out the Mandalorian was stealing the show. So, absolutely. That was, I mean, it was, to me, it was just, again, just a mediocre series as a whole. I think that's yeah, I, the best. Yeah, I think they told the wrong story. If we had had a story that was more about him bounty hunting and and that kind of thing, maybe that would have been a little bit more interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know that Boba Fett, the character, really needed episodes of a series, even though most of them, well, not most of them, almost half of them, can we say that, were dedicated to The Mandalorian. Every time you were trying to get interested in what's going on with the book of Boba Fett, the Mandalorian took yeah. over, and the more it focused on Mandalorian, the more people cared about Mandalorian, and the less they cared about Boba Fett. Right, which is, which is it's so sad and and truly unfortunate for this iconic character to get what felt like a well, I guess we better write this show, <laughs> you know, kind of feeling behind it. I'll tell you what: if you have thoughts on season one, we don't know if there's a season two of the Book of Boba Fett. 
but season one of the book of boba fett well there is it's it's already coming it's season three of the mandalorian no there you go (laughs) (laughs) there you go you know what also coming off the high of hawkeye Yes. I and mean, you saw how jazzed I was on Hawkeye, my yeah. best series of Marvel of the year, one of the best TV series of the year period. Coming off the high of Hawkeye, this was kind of a letdown. But again, you know, it wasn't bad. Some episodes were just there. It wasn't truly like WandaVision. WandaVision for me was like an up and down roller coaster ride where it's really up and then really down. And there was not a whole lot in between. This was just like it was there. And that's right. the problem, I think, with yeah. the series as a whole. But if you have thoughts on The Book of Boba Fett, Season 1, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up after the break, Melinda and I have still got lots more to talk about, including where Boba Fett is at Disney+. Plus, Hulu news, Disney Plus news. How many subscribers does Disney Plus have now? They let the cat out of the bag, and they will let you know as far as what series is coming back once again. That's making everybody happy out there. Will they support it this time? We'll talk about that new series. That's an old series coming back. Plus Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan has a start date. We'll talk about that. Plus Nintendo Direct News. What games are on the way to the Nintendo Switch? Xbox (sighs) changes its tune. Maybe to the delight of Melinda. And do we need to get our money together to buy the Lord of the Rings? This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV. Canada. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. It's Melinda Barkhouse Ross and me, Gerald Glassford, coming right back at you here at the PCC Multiverse. Thank you so much all around the world for watching and listening on all of our radio stations, plus everywhere you get your podcasts. But my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. Want to ask you this Did you see the news on Disney Plus and Hulu? The good news for, I think, most people out there, most investors, was that. Disney Plus reported that they are now at 130 million subscribers. God, I have no concept of what that could possibly look like. Well, right now, I mean, if you want to compare it, Amazon Prime and Netflix are in the 200 teens to 220 million ratio as far as that's right. concerned. Although with both doing price hikes, you never know if that's going to last. That's true. And of course, with nothing from now between... What, the end of Book of Boba Fett and the start of Moon Knight? What's going to be going on in Disney Plus? How much of that share are they going to be losing? I, I don't know what's going on there, but you've got now about six weeks till something major is coming out for Disney Plus, unless there's some nice movie drops or some nice content that they're going to drop on us. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, 130 million subscribers, not too bad, but they announced some things that are good news and some bad news the beauty and the beast prequel i do want to mention for the bad news first and that is been put on hiatus and hold i think that was close to production but unfortunately the beauty and the beast prequel series as of now been put on hold so maybe that will be revived but we'll see what happens there but the good news is that obi-wan star wars obi-wan has been given a start date it is not going to be may the 4th but it is going to be on an anniversary. Yeah, I know everybody's like, oh, can it be May the 4th, May the 4th? It's actually going to be on an official Star Wars date. And that's, I believe, May 25th, which was the actual first date of the opening day of the original Star Wars. So nice. they want to tie it into that. So your thoughts on Obi-Wan? you getting excited for at least that Star Wars series after what happened with the Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, I'm looking forward to them turning the turning the boat around and getting her right side up again and <laughs> and continuing to make... I got to do my you know. Ian McGregor here. Hello there. Hello <laughs> I mean, there. I'm definitely, I'm looking forward to it. But I'm, I'm intrigued enough that even if I did get rid of my Disney Plus subscription, I would probably get it back so I could check out the show. Hold on. Hello there. Yes. <laughs> so Obi-Wan will be saying hello there 
once again on May the 25th, which is I think is going to be a lot of people are going to be excited about for the return of Ian McGregor to that role because one of the few good things about the prequels, but one of the few good things about the prequels, in my opinion, was Ian McGregor's performance as Obi-Wan having to deal with all that stuff going on over the first three movies. I think that he deserves an award of his own, but he's getting a series as he returns to the role of Obi-Wan. So we'll see that what happens. That is the reward. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice paycheck reward there. Yeah. I think also maybe even Ahsoka may drop in. I've heard rumors that, that she just appeared in the Book of Boba Fett. She may appear in Obi-Wan. You never know. So. Yeah, I hope so. Yes, and maybe even Anakin Skywalker as well. That uh, has been rumored as well. Uh, Hayden Christensen hopefully will not whine through this entire series if he comes back in. But yeah, they've talked about him coming back as well. So that'd be something interesting to see. And amongst all the other things that they mentioned, National Geographic, they focus a lot about as far as shows on there. They've also talked about Jeremy Renner and... Brie Larson. Yeah, Brie Larson, yes. They both are getting unscripted shows. So they'll be unscripted coming pretty shows. soon. To, yeah, unscripted shows like reality shows. So they're coming to Disney Plus very soon and not too distant future. So check those out. And then of Hulu, something is on the way that I think should be on Disney Plus and it should not be on Hulu. And that's a revival for the third time, I believe. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Futurama is coming back, which made you so, so happy. Excited. I, which has every major cast member except the one that counts. Yes. Ben. So your thoughts on, is Johnny DiMaggio, I think his name is? I believe so. Yeah. Hang on yeah. a second. So That's your what thoughts, I was as of this recording, he's not on there yet. I'm not saying it's a done deal. They're not saying it's a done deal that he's not going to be in there, but they're trying to work with him on whatever they need to work on. And you know when it's about money, it's always yeah. About money. It says <laughs> John DiMaggio, who provided the voice behind the wisecracking robot with the shiny metal ass, Bender is finally a deal to return as well, though it has not yet closed. I always so. thought it was Billy West, so that was my my fault. I always thought it was yeah. Billy West that did the voice for Bender, but it is Johnny DiMaggio. And your thoughts on this? I mean, I know you were excited about having so excited, yes, but. What is going to happen if they don't get Johnny DiMaggio back as Bender? Because Bender is such a distinct voice and such a distinct character. Yeah, he's a robot. They just have to explain it away as his voice processor thing, uh, you know, malfunctions. And his voice sounds different. That's that's all they need to do. But to are you going it. to accept that as a Futurama fan? Um, I don't know. I would have to see it. Honestly, I, I can't really say for sure. I know some people are like, that is sacrilegious. Excuse you. But I really, <laughs> I really would. I think I would give a new voice actor a shot before I just completely wrote it off. Because I'm so excited to see the show back. I am sure that Bender is still going to deliver those amazing one-liners. He's still going to be sarcastic. He's still going to be a bit of a jerk face, which is exactly what you want him to be. He's going to be heartfelt when he needs to be and all of that kind of stuff. So I hope that it is the original voice that comes back. Please don't get me wrong. But yeah, if they come back with it with a voice, they can't close the deal or whatever, then, you know, such is life. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> That's true. But with Futurama, right. you'll forgive me if I don't hold the same kind of optimism for its longevity as maybe some other people that, oh, yeah, this time around, it'd be great because we've heard this story before. I've seen the enthusiasm like this before for Futurama, for Futurama. I've seen petitions for Futurama. I've seen them people try to go ahead and swear by Futurama. Yeah. And then it comes on to a revival like Sci-Fi or the Comedy Central or whatever it tried to go ahead and revive before. And it just doesn't get it done. So that's why I'm, I'm saying I don't hold as much hope as others do. I appreciate the show. have enjoyed the episodes that I watch. I think it's one of the best or better animated shows of all time it's yeah. just something that i think will never get its just due unless this time around it can just knock the socks off but i'm really disappointed that they and i mean disney didn't choose to put this on a larger platform once again i mean sci-fi sci-fi is not a was not a heavily populated channel i think right. other avenues that has been tried just didn't give it the kind of outreach that i think it needs this time you had the choice to put it on Disney Plus with The Simpsons or and you, and you didn't and you just didn't. And that to me is kind of disappointing because Hulu has a far less reach 
has had every opportunity to grow even faster and even more than Disney Plus and hasn't gotten it done. So now you put it on there hoping for that type of you know outreach. I'm, I'm sorry. Just the, the fact that you could put it onto a, a platform, 130 million viewers on Disney Plus, and you didn't, I'm kind of sad that they did. Yeah, I, I see that point. But, you know, any subscription service maybe is the answer versus putting it on regular network television. Well, Disney no, gets so. to pick and choose which ones they want to go if from the 20th yeah. Fox library, like Free Guy. Where yeah. is that going? That's going on Disney Plus. Huh. Imagine that. A popular movie. Had it not been so popular, guess where it would have gone? It would have gone straight to Hulu. So, right. yeah, it's it's very disconcerting the way that they pick and choose which things go on what avenue. Sure. I really think on a platform that you want to push as your premium product that's out there and you want to push it over 200 million, that you've got to throw as much content as you can on it. And that's what I'm saying. Some of the stuff that's going to Hulu is great for Hulu, but Hulu is not growing like leaps and bounds like Disney Plus is. You have to go ahead and put it on that platform because right now over the next six weeks, we might find out what happens when you don't have enough content. Yes, I understand that they announced that they're throwing a billion dollars over the next quarter on content and they've been throwing billions and billions of dollars like Netflix on its content. I just don't see as much as I want to see as far as content is concerned on Disney Plus compared to Netflix. Right. Well, you also, um, in defense of Hulu, if you're going to try to drive subscriptions up and you're going to try to draw people to that platform, you need to put something like a Futurama on that show, like what we do in the shadows is on Hulu. The Great is on Hulu. Those are all really enjoyable shows. And, you know, we spend uh, quite a bit of time on Hulu, actually. Can I give you an analogy and why I, I feel for Hulu right now? Okay, absolutely. Okay, so I used to work in, in radio for like one of the major broadcasters in Canada. Okay. And in our market, they launched, they had, you know, their heritage station uh, that, you know, continuously did well in ratings. And they decided that they were going to launch a second station in the same market, similar format. A, lo a lot of the artists and songs were heard on both radio stations, all of that stuff. So you have one radio station, we'll call it Disney Plus, and you yeah. have the new kid on the block, we'll call it Hulu. And what happens is all of the extra promotional money is going to go to the big dog. Because they're assuming that there's just way more people who are going to hear it. It's more bang for your buck, all of that stuff. But what's going to happen, at least what I saw happen between these two radio stations, is that it's going to creep up bit by bit by bit. They're going to get a little scrap of this. They're going to get a little piece of this. It's going to get a little dash of that. And before you know it, it's going to start to push its way forward. I'm not saying it's going to outpace Disney+, Plus, but don't count it out yet. Well, but remember, they had like how many years ahead? I know. Go ahead. But still, don't count it out. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm a big Hulu detractor because of the fact that any one of those original, I call them an original as far as streaming service that was around and had the opportunity to be the Netflix. Like, sure. for instance, Crackle, Sony's yes. Crackle. They had every opportunity to be the Netflix. They had every advantage. They have a library just like Hulu did, and they've been around forever. Uh, you know, Showtime, for instance, had that opportunity. We see some good stuff from them coming every now and then, but they had the opportunity to be that Netflix. And the problem is none of them took advantage of that opportunity for the desire for everybody out there in mass to go ahead and go into a streaming format. And this is not just because of the coronavirus. This is where the marketplace was heading in the, in the latter half of the decade and Netflix took advantage of it. So you'll forgive me if I'm always down on Hulu. I'm not a Hulu hater per se, but I just oh, yeah. I'm just just think that Hulu at some point in time you got to cut your losses if you can't get it above 50 or 60 million subscribers there because you have this big behemoth now in Disney Plus and you got to go ahead and do what you can to support it with more content. Otherwise, it's never going to get to where Disney imagines it can go. Yeah. I really do think a key in that is getting rid of your commercials for your base subscription level. I would pay $5 more if I didn't have to watch commercials. Yeah. True story. Take a lesson from Peacock, but we see yeah. how well Peacock's doing with that. But yeah, again, we'll wait and see. But Futurama is the good news for everybody out there that is coming back. Hopefully we'll get Mr. DiMaggio to go ahead and sign up. But as of this point, when we're recording, he is not as of yet, so the voice of Bender may be changed. But what are your thoughts on Futurama? 
returning and also Obi-Wan coming to a screen near you on Disney Plus in May and also as well the future of Futurama on Hulu. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at theaqua.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, I wanted to go into detail, but we won't have enough time on today's show for the Nintendo Direct. But the one thing I did want to mention, in fact, I'll cover it with TJ Johnson on the Monday show for Nintendo Direct, along with what we're talking about. Well, in fact, I'll mention at the end of the show what we're going to be got, because we've got something really special coming up for everyone on Monday. But I will say that the Nintendo Direct did reveal a lot of things, but the most interesting thing that it did debut was an announcement that the sequel to the most popular video game of all time is now underway and that it will be coming sometime in the not-too-distant future. And that is a sequel to Wii Sports, which people are going, wait, wait, wait that's the most popular game of all time? I thought yeah. you were going to say Duck Hunt. <laughs> I don't no, know. Duck Hunt <laughs> Duck Hunt is very popular because it was came with all those Nintendo 64 sets. Yes. So everybody, that's what you mean, and that counts. Same thing with the Wii. The Wii Sports is the most popular because it's the most popular console of all time, or at least one of them. And the right. fact that it was bundled with it, plus if you didn't get it in the bundle or if you lost it, you always had to buy another controller. And guess what came with that other controller was a copy of Wii Sports. Right. And you could still buy it separately. So, yes, that's why it's the most popular game of all time. And plus the fact that it actually, just for that generation, whether or not you were young or old, everybody just loved playing Wii Sports as far as playing some tennis or some golf or something like that. It just was an easy way for them. and just a masterful move and a masterful stroke by Nintendo to create such a game that shaped that Wii generation and basically was just a system seller all of its own. You can pick on the graphics all you want, but that for just approachability for a mass audience yeah. created that Wii craze. And people are talking about how PS5s you know, are hard to get, hard to find, you can't find them anywhere. Wii's were the same thing. They would come into my stores that are, were running, like game stores, and instantly, I would get 40, 50 calls a day. Do you have a Wii in stock? Do you have a Wii in stock? And this is 2007, 2008, before really internet shopping really got into gear. So yeah, Wii Sports, a sequel to that has been announced. Any thoughts on it? Did you play Wii Sports back in the day? A little bit. I played a little bit with the Wii, but not not a whole lot. I was always so afraid of taking a swing and that controller ending up sticking out of my TV like you saw all of those videos on Vine at the time. I think everybody was. That's why you got to make sure that it was tied down to your wrist yeah. correctly. Because, yeah, yeah the, you saw that. But even back then, the videos went viral of somebody like throwing it and smashing it into their TV. Yeah. yeah, and those suckers were like tube TVs that you're probably playing with. They're going right through right. there. But yeah, it's so funny because it was so popular, and yet people overlook it as far as its importance in the video game history books. Mm-hmm. But it is the most popular game of all time. It is Wii Sports, and a sequel is on the way. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of announcements this Monday in the Pop Culture Cosmos with me and TJ, but. Just wanted to let you know that, again, a Wii Sports sequel is coming to the Nintendo Switch. It's going to be launching April 29th, so they're going to have a beta test later this month. So we'll see what happens there. But if you have thoughts on a sequel to Wii Sports, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, a couple more things before we head on out. And one yes. I know you might want to be glad to hear, and that is the Xbox. Okay. Xbox with the recent that? acquisition of the, what, 60 some odd billion plus purchase of Activision Blizzard. 
yeah. upon its initial announcement, I know you and I, and you were also going to thinking it. Okay, so I'm just kidding. When she was not planning to go up to be, Microsoft, she was not planning to go over there and go outside with a protest sign. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the cops going, there's a lady outside yeah. going to protest you about no Diablo. So yeah, no, she wasn't going to actually do that, yeah. but she was very upset that she had heard and she had read and I had read and I had heard that the statements coming out was that eventually after all the PlayStation contracts were completed, that the games coming from Activision Blizzard, for the most part, outside of, let's say, Call of Duty Warzone, would not be coming to the PlayStation. Well, a couple weeks have passed, and seemingly Xbox is changing their tune somewhat, saying that beyond the agreements that they will be having games of theirs coming from the Activision Blizzard lineup. Mostly Call of Duty was what they kind of inference, but they also right. did mention other games in the Activision Blizzard lineup that will be multiplayer. I think feeding off the fact that last week PlayStation got so much positivity on their acquisition of Bungie and saying that they're going to keep a multiplayer. I think they got so much good buzz that Xbox maybe had to backtrack. Yeah. Your thoughts on this? This will probably, I'm not going to say this will definitely, but this will probably lead to your favorite Diablo yeah. coming to PlayStation, most likely. Your thoughts on this? Do you breathe a heavy sigh of relief? The heaviest sigh of relief I have breathed in my entire life. <laughs> and I've come close to death a time or two. So yes, I'm I'm very relieved to hear that. That makes me very happy. And I don't think I will ever retract on my commitment of even if, you know, my favorite video game of all time, Diablo, only came to Xbox, I still wouldn't go out and buy an Xbox. I just wouldn't get to play the game. And that would be very upsetting to me. I'll never retract on that. And if someone they... that's not in the video game world or video game hierarchy, that might sound like very strange. But if you're a gamer out there, you, you'll understand. To me, it's just, you know what? Okay, I get it. She's a hardcore PlayStation nerd. There you go. There you go. Right. Well, and like, it, it wasn't even it's something that I became intentionally. It was just, I got the console. I like it. I find it very easy to navigate. I like the controllers. It ticks all of the boxes for me. And the idea that because of this acquisition, I was going to have to go out and I was going to have to buy another console was not something that I was super excited about having to deal with and think about. I mean, I, you know, we're... As a casual gamer, I don't need two consoles. I need one. And if my favorite game isn't going to come to the one console I have, then I guess I'm not playing my favorite game. And well, I'll it would have come to PC too. as well. Yeah, but I'm not even a computer gamer. Like, I'm, I'm, when I say I'm casual, I mean I am casual. Passionate, but I'm casual. All right, I'm just <laughs> trying to find an angle here. Yeah. For me, though, it's fine. I play both systems. If I'm getting a next-gen system first because of Xbox Game Pass, and clearly saying that I'm going to lean towards an Xbox Series X. But when it comes to it from a financial standpoint, yeah, it's great that they're going to go multi-platform. But for business sense, I'm not sure if they should make every single thing that Activision Blizzard makes be multi-platform. Like, for instance, World of Warcraft, if they just made that Xbox Games Pass and PC that would be a, actually a good sign if they just did something like that. And with something like Diablo, I mean, it would make you happy being a PlayStation. But I said before, probably if it was me running it, I would probably not just because to, it, you need some things to go ahead and draw. I thought we were friends, Gerald. I, I know. But I'm just telling thought you. we were friends. <laughs> well, Call of Duty makes too much money. Call yes. of Duty makes too much money and sells yeah. too much. It'd be great if it was an Xbox exclusive, you know, if you were listening to Xbox fans. But there's got to be some titles, some reasons why you need to switch over the Xbox if you're an Activision Blizzard fan. Will Overwatch 2, that will probably be a multiplayer game now. Whether it's that or what Crash Bandicoot or something, something has to be exclusive to the Xbox in order for people to jump over to the Xbox. Otherwise, yeah. they're just going to be doing same old, same old. And I understand with both these companies, they're tuned with what they're saying right now is that they just want the money. They just want the multi-platform money. And there it is. I think eventually it's going to come down to that there's some point these guys are going to have to start making exclusives. We're seeing with Bethesda and with Starfield that is going to be an Xbox exclusive and PC exclusive. I just think at some point in time, you have to commit to more exclusives. So people won't have to choose when they're spending $500, which system well, when they're available, which system 
are they going to get? Yeah, and I think that you are right. It does make good business sense for there to be some exclusivity on both sides. And I mean, like with the PlayStation, it was as simple as having early access to those Call of Duty maps. Yeah. They could go that route instead of doing just a game on one platform. They could give Xbox this exclusive thing and they could give PlayStation this exclusive thing. And that to me is uh, just as interesting and would tickle gamers in a particular way. And, and you know, that would help decide which console they were going to get. I feel like at this point, if you play Xbox, you play Xbox. If you play PlayStation, you play PlayStation. But what if, the, again, and this, this is a new generation, very few people in the whole scheme of things has a PS5 or an Xbox Series X because they've been really hard to find. But once right. those microprocessors get out there, once the supply catches up to the demand and people are out there and can make a choice and they can actually walk into a store and actually decide which one they want, then it comes to the point which one you're going to decide to get. And then it comes to me, I think, the matter of exclusives. So who has the better exclusive lineup? Who has the better choices? That's, again, a matter of debate or a matter of preference. But again, you have to choose. When you walk in a store, you don't go and get a Coke and a Pepsi. You get a Coke or a Pepsi. Right. So I think at some point in time, there will once they're available, you'll have to go ahead at least initially to choose your first system in this next generation. For many people who don't have it yet, which will it be, Xbox or PlayStation? So yeah. I know that, again, Xbox kind of backed down from what they were saying originally, but it's a good sign for people that are on the PlayStation that they'll get more games on a multi-platform format coming from Activision Blizzard, but we want to hear your thoughts. Are you intrigued and excited like Melinda is that the news that there possibly could be more Activision Blizzard games that are coming on a multi-platform than previously believed? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. I'm just glad that my strongly worded email worked. Yes, yes. <laughs> and also that protest here. There's a girl outside. She's actually protesting outside of Microsoft. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. But before we head on out, my friend, it's been yes. a great episode. I cannot thank you as always for participating. This Monday, we've got a great show on tap as I have the guys from the ESO Network in our annual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame debate on who we think should get in and will get in as far as the nominees are concerned. Plus, TJ Johnson returns to the show talking the Nintendo Direct. We're going to go over it in detail. Plus, let you know who won the box office, how well did Death and Nile do, and of course, our annual as well. Call comes on the same weekend. I like it. Right. Our, our annual, the best and worst of the Super Bowl commercials and movie trailers. So we'll be talking about that on the Monday's Pop Culture Cosmos. So stay tuned for that wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, radio stations worldwide. But before we head on out, my friend, Lord of the Rings. Yes. They made an announcement. The J.R.R. Tolkien estate, which is always very silent about the way they do things. And they just really keep to themselves. They announced that their film and gaming rights are up for sale. So I'm sure there's a lot of interested parties. We already know the Amazon series. We just saw the first pictures drop. They look so good. Yes, absolutely. So that series is actually going to have a teaser trailer for the Super Bowl. So I'll be able to talk about that on Monday. But your thoughts, can we get enough money together? And who do you think might buy it if we don't buy it? The rights to the Lord of the Rings for film and games. Ooh, that's a big question. Disney? If I was Disney, I would. I yeah, would I would snatch that. that up. Absolutely. You kidding me? Tough. I think yeah. Amazon. I think Amazon has yeah. already got it, got some ins already because they've got the rights to the series, similar to what they did with the uh, Albert Broccoli estate, as far as for the James Bond series. So, right. I would put them or Netflix at the top, but I would really love to see this on Disney Plus. And the things that you could do as well, maybe you could even finagle your way through as far as adding Lord of the Rings rides to Disneyland, Disney World, the whole things you could do as far as expanding the Lord of the Rings IP. Yeah. I think that would be the best case scenario. Yeah, it would be huge. It would be absolutely massive. Yeah, I mean, we'll put our name in the hat. Why don't we? Well, I'm going to go into over my living room. I'm going to go ahead on the couch. I'm going to look through and just try to reach underneath the cushions and see if I can bring out some spare change so we can go ahead. I've got maybe a credit card here. I got a gift card during Christmas, so maybe it has enough cash that we can go ahead. And, maybe. Yeah, yeah I, have, I have a maxed out credit card that I could do- donate to the cause. Will the JR Tolkien estate take a check? I, You know what? An IOU. Yes. It may bounce, but, you know. 
We'll see yeah. what happens. But if you were interested or have thoughts on who should get the rights, the film and gaming rights to The Lord of the Rings, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Just a tremendous episode, Melinda. You killed it as always. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Yay, Futurama. <laughs> yes, yay, Futurama. Please, everybody, watch it. Please do when it comes to Hulu because yeah, yeah, no more excuses. There are no yeah. more excuses. Right? For... Yeah. Please, please, please give it your time because it's such a great show. It and really the cast is. is already old as is, so they can't right. get any older. They can't come back for a fourth time, right. or else they will be like a cryostasis to go right. ahead. Yes. Yeah. So just like please watch it. Please do it. Yes. Please do it indeed. So for Melinda Barkhouse-Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great For the past 12 seasons, Mike and Mike have been bringing you a weekly look at all things geek with reviews, discussions, interviews, and topicals from across the geekosphere. Now with geek life slowly returning to normal in 2021, join the Earth Station One crew as we look at the return of the summer movie season, preview the fall TV lineup, look at all the big conventions now happening along with other geek topics. You can listen to Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And as always, Earth Station One is a founding member of the ESO Network. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.